welcome to Dirty Secrets of Small Business. Purpose of our show is to have fun talking about small business stuff. And along the way, we're going to give you knowledge and tools to succeed wherever your small business might be in whatever state, and I don't mean geographically. Either you're new and just starting up or you're established. Either way, we can help you. And the way we help is by helping owners of small businesses, and we define that as companies from 1 to 25 employees. We help those owners get unstuck from a state of how. Now, this is our first broadcast from a new time slot here, and I'm here with my partner, a uh, long-standing business partner, coaching together for over 15 years. And those small company hits that, that we've succeeded with are just unbelievable. So we're glad to be here at 7.30 p.m. Eastern, and we're going to have a lot of fun. Adam? How you doing? I'm Jack Mancini, by the way, if you haven't heard it before. I'm doing great, Jack Mancini. Yes, this is Adam Sunhalter, and we're having a lot of fun, as we always do, with Dirty Secrets of Small Business. We get a chance to share not only our collective experiences here, um, which include our 15-plus years of coaching owners of small companies, but also our personal experiences that span hundreds of companies and all the stories that go with owning a small business and all the how questions that owners struggle with and wrestle with day in and day out. And if you if you own a company, if you work for a small company, you probably if you pay attention, you'll hear that word how a number of times each day as it relates to, hey, how do we do this? How do we do that? And often you've faced it before, but quite often it's a new situation for you. But I'll tell you what, we've we've kind of been there, done that. We've seen pretty much everything over the years. And whatever situation you're facing, it's not new to us. It's been there before, and there's there's answers to it. That's part of what we're here to share is to go through some of those how questions. Hey, how do you how do you uh, fancy yourself as an expert here, Adam? Why don't you give about two minutes of of your background, and I'll do the same. Just just for a a new listening audience that we may be picking up tonight, they could understand us a little bit. Yeah, let me, let me give them a, a quick way to get in touch with us first, Jack. Let them know if, if they want to reach us here in the studio, you can. We're here live, as Jack said, from 7.30 to 8.30 p.m. here on Wednesday nights. And the number is 440-946-9468. Again, 440-946-WINT. So if you have some how questions you've been wrestling with, we, we, we'd love to have you kind of come in and, and share those with us and see if we can address them for you here live in the air. If you don't like to do things live in the air, you can also email us at radio at MaximumVP.com or hit us up on the web, our website at MaximumVP.com forward slash how. little form there to submit, uh, submit to us and we'd be happy to kind of address those how questions. So... As I mentioned uh, before, a quick uh, quick background. I grew up in a family business. Wait, a quick one. I know. I'm, I'm looking at the clock your, here, your, Jack. Two minutes. Ready? Is get that, get that timer ready to go. Day, I'm yeah. going to give the quick highlights. You're, okay. already, you're cutting my time short. Let's oh, go. You're right. All right. Okay. So I grew up in a family <laughs> business. So I've been around it my whole life. And I've been around entrepreneurs most of my life. Everything from the, the family business to, to caddying for eight years. Spent about 10 years on Wall Street, helped people buy and sell companies and raise money for companies. And it started with some big corporations, but went to mostly to smaller companies. And so I've been around companies of all different shapes and sizes, different products and services, everything that, that, that you can name, but working with the owners of those companies and helping them. And as Jack mentioned, we, we, we've been together for 15 years helping owners of companies with day-to-day -day stuff in terms of how do they kind of get from where they are today to where they want to go and have a lot of fun running that business. So I've been doing this for a very, very long time. And again, there's not much that we haven't been personally exposed to ourselves or have been helping our clients with for these last 15-plus years. Hey, so there you go in less than a minute, Jack. That is very good. Well, that, that puts the pressure on me. And I work with some big corporations the first 20 years of my business life. 
uh, both headquartered here in Cleveland. One was uh, on the east side in our target area here called Brush Wellman. Uh, that and Ferro Corporation, both companies listed on the New York Stock Exchange. I set up an audit function for the board of directors. And I traveled the world with those companies and left as a vice president uh, when they asked me to move to Canada as president of, of our Canadian operation. And during that time period when I left the corporation totally on my own will and my own reasoning, whatever that may be, I took a year off and it was a great year. I was able to do that. And I ended up falling in love with the small business world. That was some 25 years ago. And through that time period, when I say fell in love, I loved the small business owners and what they do, what they stand for, how they're trying to grind it out and make community and life just better, generally. And what I ultimately did during those years, I started a consulting company with small businesses, and I ended up buying five troubled manufacturing companies, fairly good size, and I also started a number of companies, including a nonprofit 501c3, which teaches patients how to deal with their doctors, which was, in 2013, uh, accepted by and turned over to the Mayo Clinic. And one of the companies I started with Maximum Value Partners, and my partner, Adam Sunhalder, as we said a couple of times, we've been together 15 years coaching small business owners to places they never, ever thought they could get to. We have a, a great process. We have a lot of fun delivering it. We pick our clients. They don't pick us. And we have lots of small business stories about how to handle issues that come up with your small business. And what we'd love to do is hear what your stories might be. You could add to our, our archives of how questions, and uh, I'll bet you we can help you no matter what you're, you're involved with. So that's a quick, I wasn't Whew. timing myself. All right, that was a little more than two minutes, but pretty close. You can take a breath now. I didn't, I, I didn't realize you could, you could hold your breath that long, Jack. <laughs> I didn't either. <laughs> I'm breathing heavy now. Let me, let me bend over here. All right, hold on a second. All right, so let's uh, tell you again how you can get in touch with us again. You can get us here in the studio at 440-946-9468 to share your how question with us. And we got a couple to start out tonight. I, I want to start with one that's, some, maybe it's kind of a two-parter, but I'll kind, of, I'll kind of put it all in one, Jack, all right? Okay. How do you know when to fight or admit that you made a mistake? Hmm. You now, asking me that? Depending who we're talking to, yeah, well, we got different people in the audience as far as wh what's going on. And certain folks will fight at all costs. You know, and I had a, had a call with a client last night, and he was calling me, and he was all upset. And his initial reaction, the way he was brought up and how he's kind of wired, is to, you know, is to, to naturally want to fight and defend himself. So if somebody pushes, he pushes right back right away, or he assumes that people are trying to, to screw him over kind of, or kind of do, do him wrong, and so he immediately wants to kind of fight. That's, just, that's kind of in his nature. That's how he was brought up. He's been that way for 46 years or 48 years, whatever it's been. It's well, kind is of, he that, that old? Yeah, he's older than I am. That's hard <laughs> to believe, right? So, so yeah, so, you know, that's, part, that's part of his nature. Some folks, you know, it takes so much to get him to even want to fight, okay? And if you've been in business for a little while, I guarantee you've had chances to have that fight-or-flight mentality. And some folks will fight no matter what, even if they're wrong. They'll fight it anyway. And some folks, even if they're right, won't fight. So how do you know? How do you know when to do it? And, and again, one of the things that, that we, we aren't encouraged to do is to admit mistakes. It's very difficult, you know, especially for us men. And it comes down to you know, the, the old adage, or, you know, men never stop to ask for directions. 
Well, we never admit we're, that we're wrong either. That's hard to do. You know, from an ego standpoint, I got we're, we're never we're wrong, Adam. <laughs> the other people are always wrong. We're the right ones. We're just Isn't misunderstood. Misunderstood instead of being wrong. Is that what it is? That's right. That's how it works. So being able to admit a mistake and apologize for it versus fight. And the pressures that are out there for people to not fight and the cultural stuff. You know, we were talking a little earlier about how, you know, I've got a, a 13-year-old son who, you know, so I'm, you know, I'm 30 years older than him and, you know, and Jack, you're 30 years older than me. And we discussed kind of how things were growing up. So my 13-year-old's never been in a fist fight. They're Amazing. probably, there's, there's a lot of tough talk back and forth and, and they're, on their, they're on their Xboxes going back and forth talking to each other, but he's never been in a knockdown, drag out fist fight. Now, by well, time, that's, that's not a lot. Well, go on. I won't interrupt But, but by the time, by time I was his age, okay, I'd been in several fist fights. A few I won, few I lost, a few were kind of draws, right? And I know from our, our discussions over the years that by the time you were 13, 14 years old, it wasn't, wasn't a daily occurrence, but there were quite a number of fights, and you had a reputation for being a pretty good fighter, right? But That, that, was, was, that was the but, way things were settled way yeah, back then, and, for sure. And so if you, if you pulled the kids, 90% of the kids, you know, when you were growing up had been in some sort of fight. And my time is probably 50%. And now with my son's time, it's less than 10%. And if it happens, oh, my goodness, it's the worst thing in the world. Disgusting, Can you believe these kids Adam, did you're, this? You're yeah. a barbarian. Right, you, they're they're, they're bullies, and they're doing all this kind of stuff. And it's just like, wait a minute. You know, I mean, well, you know, so it's being taken out of the nature to fight. Or it's, you, know, you, you almost feel like you're wrong to, to, be able to be able to fight something versus here's why I want to fight and have a good reason to fight. So how do you know? How do you know when it's... The right time to fight. You really, versus the you really, wrong. in my opinion, and it's a you know, the, the, my opinion does not run across all people. That's for sure. <laughs> but I think when your gut says, "Hey, this is just wrong. I am right," the first, the first instinct should take over, and you should fight. Now, calmer heads will will apply. And what's happened with our culture today is very few people fight. They don't want to fight because they're they're going to say, "Well." We don't want to spend the money to do this, so we're going to capitulate to the attorneys, and we're going to settle with uh, with this person, and and not even though we know it's wrong, we're not going to fight. Now I call that stupid. Now you know you're you 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 have some resources to fight and take on a lawsuit, and you have to balance those, of course, with with uh, the circumstances. But as far as I'm concerned. The first instinct is the right instinct, and that is to fight, if you're right. Now, if you're wrong, obviously, even unfortunately in today's world, people will still take on that lawsuit and try and win a settlement, try to win some money, which is also a bunch of nonsense. It's just immoral. And if you're right, by God, fight, unless it's going to be real damning to you and injurious. And I can so, talk, I can give you some good stories, personal and right, business-wise. We'll, 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 we'll come back to something. Yeah, we can come back to these stories. We have, a, we have a break coming up here we're going to hit. When we come back on the other side, let's figure out how to fight for your right. Huh? Is that what it is? Good I'm thinking about, fight for your about right. the Beastie Boys here, Jack. So stay tuned. We'll be back here in a few minutes. I'm Adam Sonhalter. And I'm Jack Mancini with Maximum Value Partners. We're business coaches. And we love to help small business owners get unstuck from a state of how. Stay tuned for more Dirty Secrets of Small Business on Integrity Radio, WINT 1330 AM, the new 101.5 FM, and online at WINTradio.com.
Welcome back to Dirty Secrets of Small Business. I'm Adam Sonhalter. And I'm Jack Mancini with Maximum Value Partners. As I said before the break, it's the same situation after the break. We're business coaches, <laughs> and we help owners of small companies, and we define that from 1 to 25 employees. We help those owners get unstuck from a state of how. I, I doubt seriously whether there's a small business owner out there, Adam, that has a how question that we haven't personally experienced one way or another through these 15 years of working together, plus probably another 15, 20 years of owning companies, consulting, operating. Uh, we've seen an awful lot. We'd love to have somebody try to stump us. And when we say a how question, we aren't talking about how questions that relate to your particular product. So the technical aspects of your product, that's what you're an expert in. We tend to advise and do a very good job of helping companies put a marketing plan together to generate sales, to do the administrative part of the business, which includes your people part, your planning, your numbers. I'll bet you many, many people out there don't know how to read accounting statements or financial statements that, that uh, they get off QuickBooks or get from their attorney during or their CPA during tax season. And the overall planning of your company. Many don't have plans, and they like to say because it doesn't apply to their business, but really what they're saying is they don't know how to do it, and they don't know how to do it efficiently. We have helped many people succeed, and we have a ton of fun doing it, don't we, Adam? We do. We smile a lot, and you know, we'll have new clients coming on board or prospects that we meet, and we smile, and they think that we're laughing at them. We say, we're not laughing. We're smiling because we know this is a, an issue you're bringing up, and you're almost embarrassed to talk about it. It's something that happens all the time. We spend a lot of time reassuring our clients and potential clients about things that, that, that they're wrestling with, that, hey, it's very, very common, not just unique to you. Don't, you, know, you don't need to feel bad about it. You don't need to feel embarrassed about it. They're very, very common challenges. And that's part of what this show of Dirty Secrets of Small Business is all about, is be able to kind of share and bring light to a lot of those things. And so we've been kind of discussing, uh, discussing one of those hot questions here. And if you'd like to join in on, on that topic, you can reach us here live in the studio every Wednesday from 7.30 to 8.30 p.m. Eastern. And the number here is 440-946-9468, 440-946-WINT. And so the how question we've been kind of batting around here a little bit is, how do you know when to fight or admit that you've made a mistake and maybe apologize? And so no surprise, Jack's, you know, Jack's tendency is to fight, and his style is more of a D style in, in disc parlance. We talk Oops. about disc. Let me D. bring that up, right? Yeah, what is D? is kind of that dominant, driving, demanding. Disc is a behavior assessment, D-I-S-C. And so D's like to fight. D's get energy from fighting. And they're often, they're often vilified or misunderstood in today's culture. People often will call them bullies or mean or abrasive or aggressive. And it's just their approach. Their approach. We know that. We know that's not true. You know, we they're, know they're, they're, they're usually big teddy bears. Lovable. Yeah, they are. Once you get past all the, the, all the bluster, right? And, and, but it's their style of how they go about approaching things. And they like to win. Even if they're wrong, they still like to win. Or if they aren't sure, they still like to win. So often in today's culture, if they're there, they'll be pushing and they'll, they'll get their way just by threatening a fight or pushing you a little bit to kind of see because most people will, will, will naturally back down. And, you know, this came to light for me very recently. We, we have a potential client that we're talking to. And, and it's hard to be a female in business, okay, in general. And often what happens is, depending on what they've been through, often there's times where they feel they're being disrespected by males because they're female. And so they're often their own worst enemy, and they'll try to talk themselves out of picking fights. 
this particular woman you know, had every right, every right, every reason to push back on this guy who was kind of pushing around a little bit, you know, because he had no, other than blustering, he had no real reason to do it. And no matter how she presented the case, you know, the case she had was was tremendous to be able to, to present what she did in terms of what services that, that, that she provided, that, that, that this guy was, it was making all kinds of claims that had nothing to do with reality, right? But yet, in spite of all that, where she had a great case, she was still really wanting to cave and not to fight, not to push back. How come? She was afraid of him saying bad things about her. Okay, today so he's going to say bad things about her anyway. I know. Right? I said, I said, who cares? I go, if this guy's a bozo like that, she should beat him to the punch. Say bad things. Well, about we can say bad things about him, but again, if he says bad things, people don't don't take it with tremendous credence. They they, they know this guy's kind of a bozo. So whatever he says is you know doesn't carry much weight. You know the fact that you, that that you know he he said bad things. That's one thing. She felt guilty of not being able to to to, to complete a project. You know, made great effort to make things happen. Went above and beyond the call of duty. Above and beyond what was asked for. And still didn't quite reach the finish line. But at some point, you just reach an impasse. You know, the, the, the client starts to, 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 to demand too much. They, they make too many changes to the project. And, you know, they keep moving along. They feel like, hey, we didn't agree to this. But yet you still go above and beyond. And so the, 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 there's that inkling of, hey, I, I want to finish what I started. So that was part of it, too. But these are all more emotional reasons versus the rational being. So part, part of what we do, I mean, this situation comes, comes up a lot where we're very objective. We're on the outside. Plus, we're very experienced, so we've seen many of these things before. And so part of what we try to do is help our clients grow a bit in situations like this. And the, the idea being, hey, there's times to, pick, to, 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 really, to, to really fight back when you're right, to your point earlier, Jack. That's key. That's the key. If you're right, there's, there's almost a no-brainer. And in this case, it's a relatively small financial risk. You know, this isn't a hundred or $200,000 risk. It's maybe you know, five, six, eight, ten thousand dollars $10,000 risk. And, and so, look, you know, do, you know, from that standpoint... Because you're right to make a point to push back on this guy, because most people will cower from him. I'd rather pay the lawyer that money than pay him the money. That's right. Just on a matter of principle. That's that's how it should be. It shouldn't be just about money. It just shouldn't be. I don't know where in the world we've lost our principle and 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 our our way of justice, if you will. You know, so many of these these lawsuits don't involve anything that's going to end up going to court. It's going to get settled out somewhere along the line. Why in the world should you capitulate and agree to something that you know is wrong? Why should you do that? Please, if there's a listener out there to tell me why you should do that, and I understand money. I mean, believe me, I'm not stupid, and I'm not crazy, and I don't have huge deep pockets that can fund multimillion-dollar deals here. But you should stop and think about what you're doing. And I would love to see things reversed in this country where people are taking a look at a lawsuit or a potential lawsuit and not capitulating because they're afraid they're going to lose money. They're going to lose. If you're going to lose, let's go down with the fight. My God, you know, you're going to feel tremendous about it and you'll move on with your life and you're going to be more respected and feel good about yourself. It's the right way. It's the American way. I sound like a patriot here, but I think I am, especially in this situation. So it, it can be hard for some people because it's not natural to fight. So I mentioned before, Jack's style being a D, D's like to fight. They're the only style that really likes conflict that way. So the rest of us who aren't D's will feel it in our gut. You're going to feel like, you're going to feel that gnawing in your belly where when the situation comes up where, where there's some conflict happening. You don't like it. 
And so you start to second guess yourself a little bit and wonder, hey, am I wrong? Even though I've no I, question, I know I'm right. I'm starting, I'm, starting, yeah, I'm, starting, I'm starting to question myself. So okay, so if you don't have somebody on the outside, or if you haven't been through it before, and you have to you have to seize these opportunities to do it. And that's part of what I was talking to her about. I said, look, I said if you don't do this now, when the stakes get bigger, you know, you're not going to do it because this is a, such a small baby step in the grand scheme of things. All right. Yeah, you got to pick times to start to pick that fight and start to realize just how good you are, how strong you are, and see. You know, it's, it's to be able to test yourself. And you try to do it in ways that are, you know, you aren't risking your livelihood here. There's not a life or death situation. That's right. Very few are. That's right. But it can almost seem that way, and, and, and you start to kind of worry about it and burden it, and it's it's there. You know, so there's there's some opportunity costs when you start to have battles like this from the standpoint, hey, it's distracting energy here or there. At the end of the day, when you start to push back and fight back, usually what happens is people tend to go away. Well, let me, or, let or me. you find a settlement. That, 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 you know, it might just be financial, but let's settle us out and say, here's how we can agree that, that, that we're at an impasse. Here's how to be able to, for both of us to, to, to part ways and move just move away from each other. Well, let me suggest this. If there are any listeners out here who disagree with us, if you think we should quickly settle lawsuits no matter what, give us a call. I'd like to debate that with you a little bit because I don't think we should. And I understand there's a, a, a monetary issue, but unfortunately it seems like the monetary issue is weighted 90% and everything else is weighted 10%. And I'm speaking generally, I know, but that's the way it seems. People don't take on that fight, and by God, they should. That's right. So if you're, you want to call in, the number here in the studio is 440-946-9468. Again, 440-946-WINT. Stay tuned. We come back. We'll keep talking about this. My name is Adam Sonhalter. And I'm Jack Mancini with Maximum Value Partners. You know, we help owners of small businesses get unstuck from the state of how. We have a lot of how questions in our basket over here, and we'd like you to add a couple more if you want to. Uh, we'd love to have you part of the program. Stay tuned for more Dirty Secrets of Small Business on Integrity Radio, WINT 1330 AM, the new 101.5 FM, and online at wintradio.com. Welcome back to Dirty Secrets of Small Business. I'm Adam Sonhalter. And I'm Jack Mancini with Maximum Value Partners, MVP. We're business coaches. You know, we've been talking about a subject, one of our many, many how questions, about when do you fight or when do you not fight a lawsuit or potential lawsuit or somebody does something to you above and beyond a lawsuit. Uh, when do you fight? We're going to switch gears just a little bit. That that how question is still in play if anybody wants to call and ask us or or add to their experiences here about it. But uh, I'm going to ask my, my partner of 15 years here, my business partner and fellow coach, what the heck is a financial statement, Adam? Do you think many people out there could answer that question accurately? It's a bunch of numbers on a piece of paper, Jack. Perfect. Honest to God. I'll, I'll bet you that that answer fits 80% of the. <laughs> no, it doesn't. That doesn't so fit. So is it a tax return? Tax return. Well, I don't think so. Financial statement. Bank statement? Banks, it's a statement, so you're, you're half right there. <laughs> Am I getting close? Uh, well, you got the word statement in there, All so right. I'm going to say you're close to, right. closer than you were before. All right. We're getting warmer. <laughs> <laughs> Does it have to do with a, a, a balance sheet? 
balance sheet. That's one of them. That's good. How about how about revenues? Well, that's not going to be on a balance sheet. Wait a minute. Do you think the the folks out there who own businesses could tell you what's on a balance sheet and what it means? Where would they put revenues? Where do you think they would? Based on is it by gross your profit? Extensive experience. <laughs> is it by is gross profit? Wait, income? wait, no, no. It's not. It's not too far away from <laughs> gross profit. Um, we have a lot of fun with clients. We have them kind of bring in and ask them to bring their financial statements in. And we'll give them a little more guidance than we're given here, but it, it, it help them know we want to see a balance sheet and a profit and loss statement. We know, we know, we know from our vast experience that most owners of small businesses can't define and even read their own financial statements. And we have seen grown men, grown husky athletic men who have basically cried before us when we said, "Okay, bring your financial <laughs> statements." Should we bragging and they about do. that? Yeah, maybe we should. Maybe we'll scare people away. <laughs> but they'll say, "Read, tell us what you see," and they look at it with a very sheepish grin, and it comes. You know, I don't know. I don't know what this means. It's uh, similar to this morning. My my daughter showed me as I'm walking her into school a little note that our neighbor, who's like three years old, wrote, wrote a note to her. She kind of scribbled on a piece of paper, right? And I said, "What does that say?" It's like scribble lines. It looks like kind of Charlie Brown shirt, right? So this says, "I love you." Okay. That's what she told me it says. I said, okay. But that, it looks like you're looking at it like, I don't know what this thing says. <laughs> That's typically the response for most owners when, they, when they're able to get Usually they're able to bring those financials to us. They'll bring a balance sheet and a P&L. Because somebody will generally uh, run their QuickBooks right. report, or they, they will even do that. But they never look at now, it. One of, the, one of the fun things is we ask them, well, give us the balance sheet. And we'll get them to look. And even though it says right there on the top of the, usually it says right there on the top of it, which is which, they'll look and they'll kind of sheepishly guess. They have a 50-50 chance of being right, so they'll, they'll push one push one towards us. <laughs> Is that the right one, right? Okay, uh, 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 Okay. so I switched to the it's other one. the other one. one. Hey, right. way to go. All right. They say, well, they, they go, there it is. Well, no, we push it back at them. Well, tell me what you see there. What do you see? And we lots get lots of, of, we lots get lots of, of answers. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know. I've never, you know. I've never been asked to present these before. Or my CPA will usually talk me through these or walk oh, me through these. Know, and, and unfortunately... Many small practice CPAs feel that they do explain the financial statements to their clients, usually in the context of their tax returns. But we know differently, and we know that most small business owners do not understand how to read their financial statements so and how to take action with those financial statements to truly run their business and succeed. And we define success as growing sustainable profits. What what are you in business for if it isn't to make profits? Even if you're a nonprofit, we can, we'll, we'll talk about that some other day. But in effect, you have to have more revenue than you do expenses to make profit. So it gets real confusing when you talk to your CPAs. And oftentimes when we first come into a client, uh, we're kind of a, a nuisance to the CPAs or tax people or, or financial people because... We start asking owners questions that they don't have answers to, and then they start asking questions. Like stuff on their balance sheet that they, they don't know. Like, I, yeah, I don't know what this is. It's been there for years. Right. So the, the financial person will often ask, well, well why do you want to know that? And after a few times, we say, just tell them, hey, tell them you're working with us, and we're going to be asking some questions, and then just you know, keep answering. So they'll, they'll eventually just keep feeding you answers. But there's a lot of very simple questions, and to, to make the profits that you're talking about, Jack, one of the first things we do is we want to have our clients pull together a profit plan. 
Now, that's impossible if somebody does not understand their financial statements because a profit plan will take the shape of... I sound like I'm, I'm ready for the Wonder Twin Powers to activate here. Take the shape do. of a profit <laughs> plan, right? All right. So to do that, we need to look at our profit loss statement. And if you if you have it, or if you have you don't have it in front of you, maybe print one out and just take a look at it. You'll see, usually it's a couple pages long. In the left column, you have a bunch of items it talks about, some some revenue or sales numbers and some expense items. And Okay. You gotta understand what's in there to be able to forecast that out and make some 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 plans and some guesses as far as what you think you're gonna do for the coming year. But it prompts a lot of very good questions. And to give you a very simple recent example, a client we were talking to yesterday, and I'm sure many of you can relate to this. You have vehicles that are part of your business. Or and what happens is you have a choice come tax time. Your CPA asks you, Hey, do you wanna do you want to accelerate the, the depreciation on, the, on this thing? Do you want to take the Section 179 election? The you probably heard some, yeah, you probably heard some of these things, that? right? We were able to, to fully depreciate our expense. And usually it's like, hey, do you want to reduce your taxes this year, Jack? And, of course, what's every owner going to say? Yeah, I want Heck to pay yeah. more. That's right. <laughs> They're going to say pay more. No, say I'll reduce my tax burden, okay? So you'll, 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 you'll uh, take what's known as a, a Section 179 election where you depreciate something fully. You expense it in that first year. Oh, getting technical, Adam. That's okay. So I'm going to come back up here. So, Scaring so, that guy who's looking at his balance so sheet since we told him to. Uh, it. Hey. So we had a client looking to forecast out their profit plan for this year. So they're going through all, all those revenue items and, and those expense <laughs> items, right? He said, I'm looking here, and I don't see the car payment. Right here, here we are. I know every month we're writing a check to to Ford Credit to 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 pay our car or to pay for our truck. Right? How come I don't see it on here? That's just right. like the questions of, hey, I, I make all this profit, but I don't have any cash. Well, that's but a separate. That's, that's not that's a separate right. question. You're I was right. going to jump to that too. It's okay. So, so we talked about it, and we 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 went into a twenty-minute discussion, Jack. We were At kind least. of laying out, yeah. and just trying to keep it real simple to explain. Here's what it means that that's happening on the balance sheet. But to help them understand, yeah, from a cash standpoint, you are writing that check. But from a tax standpoint, you've already gotten that benefit. So it's a, it, it can get real confusing real quick. And often people will just kind of bl- bluster through, hey, just, hey, do you want to save taxes or not? And another guy, you mentioned about that, the, the thing between cash and profits. I said, hey, what's your goal for this year? I said, hey, my goal would be to have, you know, I showed 100000 in profit last year. Yet I went to the bank, and the money wasn't there. I would love to be able to show a hundred thousand profit this year, Jack, and be able to write a check to myself for hundred thousand dollars. Yeah, I remember him saying that. And that's that. That's his short-term dream. So where where'd the money go? He asked. That's the good question. I said, that's okay. Right. So let me ask you a couple simple questions. I said. So you went out. I will bet you confused him, even though I was there oh, watching you. Probably not. <laughs> I may have con- Sometimes I confuse Jack and the, the clients get Sometimes I confuse the clients. Sometimes I confuse myself. And who knows who gets it? That's why I have to repeat stuff a lot because we, we do. We, <laughs> we, we have to, to repeat this, these exercises multiple times, and all of a sudden, it it's like a ray of sunlight comes in the room, and it's big smiles on their face and. Music, I understand it. I, I get it. The music's playing. The clouds part. The, halo, right. the halos come on. And we all, we all <laughs> clasp hands and, and feel great about it. Honest to God. It does work in some cases it like absolutely that. Absolutely does. You know? we, we, we have, and we've had more clients over the years tell us how much fun, how much fun they're having with their numbers now. Where before it used to be boring and, and, and tedious and intimidating, they start to really understand it and start to become very empowered with it. So this guy who I was talking about is $100,000 in profit. I asked him a couple simple questions. I said, hey, do you have any accounts receivable? I'm guessing most of our audience understands what accounts receivable are. It's one of the few things from the balance sheet most people are aware of. He said, yeah. I said, okay, well, some of your cash is there. I said, do you have any debts? 
I said, yeah, I got this, this, and this. Okay. And he was, you know, what happened was, very quickly, that 100000 bucks was gone between money that he had not collected yet. And paying down and debt. And paying down his debts. That's right. Right? And two good places for it to go, because that's usually where it does go. Yeah, and people are feeling it, because it's cash. Mm-hmm. But when I'm paying debts off, it's not going to reduce my profit. I'm not going to get into that here, because uh, people will get lost. But understand that if you have debts, you're paying real cash. You're paying real money to pay those things down. But you're not getting a tax benefit from, from, from that, from paying off your, your, your principal for your debts. And you're not, you know, because you're, you're not reducing your profit. But you're reducing your cash, believe me. <laughs> It's, it's, well, it's the, there. so many business owners, when we, we first meet and talk about profit planning and, and the importance of it, they'll be very skeptical. Well, how do I know what's going to happen tomorrow? What good is this planning going to do? And when we say planning, we, we're, we're talking about a profit plan. After all, you're in business to make money, right? You're making profit. And let's have fun Most with people it. Are. Don't call it a budget. That, that's oh. a terrible word, but... But it's like basically, nails on a chalkboard, Jack. Don't use that word. Yeah, if, if you put a good plan together, it's surprising how many times you come close to achieving that plan because you can be focused. You can look at all this detail in a context that allows you to take management action to make things happen. And it's, it, I'm not going to say it's magical. I mean, not to us. It's magical to some people because they've never done it before. They go through the learning process. They put in a plan. They start to think about the the numbers and objectives in that plan. And by God, at the end of the year, here they're close to making a profit. And it's because they did it right. You just don't let random events run your business. You don't wait till the phone rings in the morning and then then plan your day. I mean, I think a lot of companies do that. If that phone didn't ring, if the emails didn't come in, if the text messages didn't come in, many of these people will do what? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) It's not run a successful company. That's often the case. Running a company successfully isn't nearly as hard as most people make it, unfortunately. That's true. So, So the point here, before we had to break, is that if you're like the majority of business owners, you may be able to find and print off or get somebody else to print off your financial statements. And we're talking primarily right now about a balance sheet and a profit and loss statement. If you're like most people, though, most business owners, you don't have a clue how to read, interpret, or use those. So don't feel bad about that. It's a common challenge. Very common. You're absolutely right. And nobody's ever taught it, and you aren't going to learn it by going to an accounting class. You don't need to become an accountant or a CPA to understand your numbers. But you got to understand your numbers to run a company, know what's going on, and be able to direct what's going on. And the numbers are very, very key, and it doesn't happen overnight, but there's a few things that are as important as understanding your numbers. Be able to plan to, to, to really empower you. And if you talk to anybody who's able to put together a profit plan, you'll be amazed at how calm but yet excited they are because they can see what's going to happen in their business. That and visualization when, when, of seeing what's happening is very, very that's powerful. the plan. And when they measure their actual activity against that plan and they're coming close to it, that's where you get, you get excitement that is just unbelievable. They, they, they can get giddy the first time around. That's Got right. to slow them down a little bit. All right. We'll come back this when we come back from our break. Stay tuned. I'm Adam Sonhalter. And I'm Jack Mancini with Maximum Value Partners. We would love to help you answer those myriad 
of how questions that you have. Is that the right word, Adam? That's, a, that's the right word. So stay yeah. tuned for more Dirty Secrets of Small Business on Integrity Radio, WINT 1330 AM, the new 101.5 FM, and online at wintradio.com. Welcome back to Dirty Secrets of Small Business. I'm Adam Sonhalter. And I'm Jack Mancini with Maximum Value Partners. We're having a pretty good time here tonight. This is our inaugural time slot of 7.30 p.m. Eastern. Prime uh, time. Prime time. That's what, that's what we've been told. <laughs> and it's uh, a pretty good time. It, it works pretty good. New audience. So I know we have a few listeners who we didn't have when we were on here at noon. On Monday. Yeah, that's a good point, Jack. So we've been on the air for a year now. We've got 52 episodes already in the can. If you want to go look in the archive section of WINTradio.com, you can do that. Hit us up on our website at MaximumVP.com. There's a radio show tab on there. And also you can go onto iTunes or Stitcher and you can re- you can uh, subscribe to our podcast. You can hear some of the older shows in there and search through them. A lot of good how questions we've, we've covered over the, the first year on the here on the air as we kind of catch our stride here and um, go through a lot of those details. A lot of good stories, a lot of good things happening as part of that. So catch up on that would be great. Yeah, we got a lot of stuff, and we'd like you to uh, join the crowd here. We'd, we'd uh, appreciate you calling in. We'd love to hear your how question. Yeah, we got 440-946-9468. It's easy to remember, right? That's why I got it written down so I can remember it. All right. But yeah, we're here, here live from 7.30 to 8.30 p.m. Eastern. You can get us here every Wednesday. We'd love to hear from you and your how questions. We've talked about a couple of how questions here today, but how do you know when to fight and how do you kind of make sense and use your numbers a little bit? And you know, things come up, you know. So when do you – people don't, don't like to sue their clients, which is absolutely insane. So we had a client a couple of months ago where, the, where he has long-term agreements or like three-year deals, and one of his clients just canceled for no reason with a couple of years to go. He said, what should I do? Should I sue him? We said absolutely. 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 Why? Well, because you know, part of the way the contract's written is they they need to give him reason or you know the reason why or to cure if there's a problem. There was no problem at all. They decided to change their mind on a women figure that that, that 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 he wouldn't do anything, which so, most people don't do. That's right. So attitudinally, the guy was way out of bounds. Why do you want to work with somebody like that who's in effect thumbing their nose at you and saying, hey? That's the way it goes. Yeah, chances are if you, know, you aren't the first person they're doing that to. That's right. So they've done it before and they keep doing it until somebody stops them and makes them, you know, it makes them stop and, and pause. And if you look at your profit plan, if you're using your numbers like we talked about, you can see the impact on your business for that. And it gives you real reason to want to make to, to, to fight because you're planning on that being part of your business. That's right. Also, That's somebody pulls it away for no, for no good reason. A lot of, lot of money. That, in that case, that was a lot of money to, to impact his business. Plus, coming back to the fight, the, the desire to fight, because they're a customer, you'd like to, to uh, basically settle things in an equitable manner and keep it really from escalating into something very negative. But if you can't do that, don't take months and months and months to determine that it's not going to happen. Bring it to a head pretty quickly, and if you can see that this customer is really just going to work to stiff you or work to have you take a deep haircut, so to speak, 
and I don't mean the hair on haircut. your head. I was uh, say, I'm looking. Uh, it, it, uh, <laughs> I got deep haircut. I wasn't talking to you out. anyway, no matter what I know. <laughs> but uh, if, if, you know, that's going to be the case, move quickly on it. Uh, don't worry, because they're not going to be a good customer going forward anyway. So what are you trying to salvage? You know, that's one of the things we do in our coaching is, is have our clients determine who are good customers for them. What are the characteristics? That's who they should be aiming at through their marketing plan that we also help them develop. But the point is, if they aren't a good customer, don't worry about suing. Uh, we're not big advocates of suing, but there's the right time to do it. You know, we don't like empowering the, the uh, legal process through something, but sometimes you have to use it. Yeah, the lawsuit we were suggesting came after numerous attempts to try to have a discussion with these people, and they were just ignoring them. Some people don't pay attention to you until you, you send, a, send a lawyer letter their way. You have to mm-hmm. threaten a lawsuit. We, we're, we're big advocates of trying to settle it out, but if not, get the lawyer involved quickly. And don't follow necessarily the lawyer's guidance. The lawyers will often, and I don't know what's worse, Jack, writing a check to a lawyer or writing a check to Uncle Sam. They're, they're both kind of painful. Oh, boy. But, yeah. you know, typically the lawyer is going to push for a settlement. And you got to push back and direct your attorney to not push for a settlement and, 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 and really find a good attorney. It's not, it's not easy to find a good business attorney. It's taken us years to find one that we feel very good about. And you try them out and you see how they do under fire. But usually they're going to they're gonna disappoint you because they're going to be working for their own reputation. Either they know the attorney on the other side, they know the company you're going after, they know the judge, whatever it might be. They're not focused on you, who's, mm. who's their client, and what's best for you and what you're trying to accomplish. That's so almost, that's that. almost human nature. And, and, uh, well, it sounds yeah. silly, though. You're hiring the lawyer, and all of a sudden they're not working for you. So just be aware of that. But you know, to go after them makes tremendous sense of if they're wronging you, you have every right to kind of come after them and, and have your case heard to make sure you get taken care of. Because what happens is you get some bozos. We have another client that, that got in a situation where they were, they were doing some work for somebody before they had a contract in place. They tried to settle it out. And lo and behold, as they're working through the settlement, this Yahoo came back and, 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 and started suing them out of he nowhere. He was a Yahoo, too. What is a Yahoo? Yeah, <laughs> that's right. I don't know. It's, you sing that very this, good. That's this guy, this guy was, you know, he had a reputation for being kind of a t- totally out in left field, kind of a whack job. Nobody really liked the guy because and he's he's a guy. I think he's in his seventies or eighties. He's been doing this for a long time. It's how he <laughs> operates, right? So he kind of knew going in and heard about it, but now they're experiencing where he has no basis for a lawsuit. But that's what he's doing. He's just trying to tie things up and try to scare people away through something like this. Our, our justice system needs some tweaking, Adam. There's not much justice out there, is there, Jack? Uh, I don't think so. It doesn't so. matter about being right. <laughs> Come back to our earlier thing about being right versus wrong. It doesn't matter if you're right or not. That has nothing to do with justice, whether you're right or not. That's part of what I think scares people away from it. Hey, even though I'm right, doesn't mean I'm necessarily going to win. Well, I, I agree, and that's what I was saying earlier, too. If you're right, by God, fight it. Fight it. Don't just acquiesce and, and you know walk away from it. Now, there's a monetary line that, that can be crossed and has to be crossed, but just don't quickly quit, you know, and worry about it. Take your shot. Most, most uh, lawsuits don't end up in court anyway. They end up settling out somewhere along the line, and it's okay. You're going to feel better about yourself in the long run, and chances are it's going to come back and pay you dividends in a way you can't even, can't even think of right now. Yeah, so if you're if you're feeling that, what happens is the, the the first person to talk to is probably not your attorney. That's also right. And attorneys, God bless them, they're 
They're they're going to give you counsel along along the lines of of uh, negativity, things that are going to basically impact you know the the outcome of this thing in a negative way. Did you think of this? Did you think of that? It could cost you this. Could cost you that. And what happens is the oxygen of that meeting gets sucked right out, and your enthusiasm for fighting basically diminishes. And we're not certainly practicing any law here. That's not what we do. But we say when you direct your attorney, basically understand what's at stake and and tell your attorney you want to fight. Now keep in mind that about 3 to 5% of any lawsuit ever goes to see a day in court. Almost everything gets settled out at one point or another. It's a question of when and how it gets settled. And our experience has been when you have the right case, you may take it right to that, that limit, right you know, the day before going to court, but it'll settle out in your favor because they know. People know when they're wrong and you have, a, and you have the case and, and, and you're right. People will typically give in and they'll settle at that point because they know that, that they're in the wrong. So you've got to stand firm against that pushback. That's been our experience, that's for sure. You so, know. <clears throat> all right, well, thank you for, uh, for joining us this evening on 30 Secrets of Small Business. Um, joining us here on a new time here at 7.30 p.m. If you want to reach us in between, you can email us at radio at MaximumVP.com or give us a call, 877-849-0670. Hey, at Maximum Value Partners, we work hard. We really do, and we have fun doing it with em- employees, with, with owners of small businesses that uh, have a ton of how questions that we help them work out. You should join us. You'd love us like we'd probably love you. That's right. We'll be here every week from Wednesdays from 730 to 830 p.m. You can get us ar- archive programs on the WINTradio.com website. Check us out on uh, iTunes and get us there or Stitcher. So stay tuned. You can learn more Dirty Secrets of Small Business next Wednesday at 7.30 p.m. Hey, thanks for listening on Integrity Radio, WINT 1330 AM, the new 101.5 FM, and online at wintradio.com.